Hello, and welcome to For Your Listening Pleasure, a podcast focused on talking with interesting and diverse individuals and discussing how their backgrounds shape them into the people they are today. I am your host, Mallory Waxman. Today on the podcast, I'm really excited to be welcoming Cesar Adrobe, who currently is the head pattern and sample maker at Yeezy. His journey might have started in Colombia, but ultimately it led him to the Savannah School of Art and Design, where he crafted his skills as both a designer and a shoemaker. For all you sneakerheads out there, not only has Caesar worked for both Nike and Adidas, but he currently is the one who creates and develops the prototypes of new footwear designs for Yeezy under the guidance of rapper Kanye West and sneaker designer Stephen Smith. His story is inspirational and serves as a reminder to never give up on your dreams. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did and be sure to check out Caesar on Instagram. So Caesar, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, why don't you start at the beginning and tell us a little bit about what was life like for you growing up? Yeah, so I was uh, born in Russia, in Moscow, uh, because my parents were going to college there. And then shortly after I, we came back to Colombia because my parents are from Colombia and I was raised in Cali where I spent most of my childhood. Uh, in there we had the, I had the opportunity to be around my grandpa, my grandfather who is an architect and an artist. So I got exposed to growing up in a very artistic or like artistic oriented household. Sure, uh, then after that, uh, I moved to another, to a, to a different city to, to live with my uncle and aunt and my cousin uh, for a short, for a couple of years. And there, then after that, I went to live with my dad for the last two years of school where I did high school in in Medellin which is in another city Uh, so I always I always moved around and I always had to adapt to different environments and to different people and different households so I think that that has helped me later on in my professional life to adapt to you know different teams, work with different people. Um, so I think that's that's been one of the advantages of, of me moving around. Uh, then after that, after finishing high school, I decided to learn English as a second language. And I came to University of Florida in Gainesville, Florida to do, to do their program. And it took me a year and a half to really master the language. Uh, not only speaking but also writing um, because the goal was to learn to the level to college level uh, because if I was to go to college I had to you know they would treat me equally like just like anyone like a native speaker so I my my English had to be as good if not better um, so yeah after after I finish English as a second language then I started looking into colleges and that's where I found Savannah College of Art and Design which was not far from home either and it was perfect because I could come home during the breaks 
then we decided to apply and everything worked out. After I got accepted, uh, I started pursuing my industrial design bachelor's degree. During the, during the degree, I completed four internships that really helped me with my full-time job after I graduated from my bachelor's. And then during that year of working at a like manufacturing company in Georgia, I decided to, to go back to school to specialize doing something from start to end. And I decided to do accessory design because the, the master's program at the Savannah College of Art and Design was set up in such a way that you not only learn design, you, you not only learn theories of what you're, about what you're doing, but you also have to make what you design. So they provided the facilities and the tools and the space for students to go through that process and have a you know, very deep experience when it came to like learning how to make shoes, how to make bags, how to design. Um, and then after I finished the master's program in, in accessory design, which is where I gained the knowledge, the technical knowledge of, of making shoes, I became an apprentice uh, to a master shoemaker, Marcel Marchand, uh, who took me, he taught me uh, during grad school, but then after grad school, he gave me the opportunity to, to be an apprentice. So I took advantage of, of that opportunity to further more my knowledge in, in footwear. And it was great, like six months of, of like working really hard, you know, six days out of the week. And yeah, just doing, doing everything that, you know, that I was told to do, but like learning in that process. And then uh, I had the opportunity to, yeah, to, to come full time uh, for a footwear development position at Adidas GC in the very early days of, of the business unit in Adidas. And shortly after that, that role ended and then I went into freelance. And fast forward a year later, Oh, during the freelance, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of companies, Ultra Running, Pencil Academy, Nike. And then after that, uh, I got the opportunity to come back to Yeezy. And yeah, that's that's where I am now. Well, I have to say your story is really inspiring. I know I was born here and I only speak English, but the language itself is so challenging. So for you to come here and in a year and a half go from not speaking it to a college level is not only impressive, but it just shows your dedication and your hard work, which I'm sure continued to show and be part of your work ethic now working in the shoe industry. But talk to us a little bit what it was like coming here, learning the language. Um, I think it's interesting you were born in Russia because your parents were furthering their education at the time, but you came here to further yours as well. What was that experience like coming here and fully trying to immerse yourself? It was, it was interesting because, you know, I had the idea of the image I have is the movies that I've watched. So I was like immediately just thinking about that. 
look, is it gonna be like what I see on the what I watch on the movies? So that was that was like visually, that's what I had in mind. Um, but it was very, I mean, it was very similar to like, you know, like it's a school, so it's like not far from a high school. It's just like this is college level, and you know, you have classes, you have a schedule. Um, I think it was also very important that I was surrounded with people that was in my same position, like, oh, we're all in this class, we're all learning English. Um, and this program, the program is very strong. It's like a very good program. So, you know, you, I'm, I'm not the first person in, you know, in the history of humanity to learn English. So I was like, well, if, if, if people, you know, if all people can do it, I can do it. But yeah, it was it was cool. It was cool because I got to experience like other nationalities in in the school, in the classes, and it was it was good. It was it was a truly like you know uh, positive experience. Mm, yeah, it was it was really good. Good times. And then I know you went to um, the Spanish School of Art and Design, but then you ended up studying under Marcel, who I believe is sixth generation master shoemaker, Correct. which is very impressive. But what was that experience like? Has he still been a mentor? And what were some of those lessons that he really instilled in you that you now bring to your current role at Easy? Of course, yeah, he remains, you know, he remains the like voice of wisdom, uh, you know, even now, like he was, was still in contact and we, you know, we try to help each other. We help each other. Um, but no, yeah, it's, it's great to have like that. I want to say like a role model or like someone to, for you to like, someone with more experience to talk to, to have time for you to talk to you. Um, so yeah, a, another, another highlight of, of my career and life. It's it's been the fact, you know, that I get to know him professionally, personally, and yeah, we to the day we remain, uh, you know, in touch and collaborate any way possible. Yeah. So I know your experience at Easy at Adidas. Uh, you started out there when first out of school, and then you were actually the position you were let go, and you were young when this happened. And I think that a lot of our listeners can relate to when you kind of get that shot right out of school and then you suffer that setback of either getting let go, the position's no longer there or whatever it is. And it's hard to believe in yourself, especially when you're younger or to stay motivated and not take it so personal. And what I love about you is that uh, when we talked last time, you talked about, yes, it was a low blow, but you still kept reaching out and you, you know, we're doing freelance work and you ended up reaching out to a connection you had at Nike. Whereas I, you know, sometimes people are too afraid to take that next step or to continue going along that dream of theirs. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like um, the first time with uh, Adidas and then reaching out to Nike and kind of how that all played out? Yeah. Um, I mean, when I came to Adidas, you know, I had this idea or notion that I had made it. You know, nothing could go wrong, uh, but things did go wrong. And 
I think that's, you know, that's life. That's life, life. Life is going to put you where you need to be. And if it takes for you to go through these moments, then that's how it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, after after that happened, eh, I had no choice but to, you know, keep keep life goes on and I have to keep things moving as well. So like I was like thinking to myself, well, I have to like find the next job or like find the next gig, find the next freelance project. And yeah, that was my, that was my mission. That was my, my hustle and grind. It was, you know, getting my food in the door somewhere so that I could, you know, work or yeah, just make it. I needed to do, I needed to, I had to do what needed to be done in order for me to be where I needed to be. Um, and then the the thing at Nike it was that I initially had an interview for for a role, uh, and during that for a design role. And then during that interview, uh, I met uh, this person at Nike that I kept in touch with. And then I kept in touch. And then one of the moments uh, that I reached out to this person you know, just checking in. Uh, she told me like, yes, I, I actually have a project for you that I think you would be great at. And that's where I had the opportunity to to work with Nike just for that project. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's that desire, that, pers- that uh, relentless pursuit of, of just, yeah, make, of, of just making it, you know, trying. Mm-hmm. So I also understand one of your other mentors is Stephen Smith, who, for those who don't know, he is the executive designer for Yeezy. And he actually was the one, I believe, that reached back out to you and brought you back uh, to the team. Um, what has it been like working with him and how has he kind of been a mentor to you? Oh, it's, it's, it's been a great experience. Uh, you know, he's he's a great a great leader, I would say. I wouldn't call him like boss or manager. He's he's a great leader because he, you know, he lets you be. And I think that's, you know, this is one of the issues that there is with management in corporations or in, in, a, yeah, in a corporate environment is that companies or people there don't let you be. Um, and you have to do things a certain way and you have to like, yes, there is a job to, that needs to be done, but... I think there has to be room for people to to be themselves and for them to do things their way and for them to also uh, be allowed to have a journey of, of discovery because I think this uh, would yield for a lot of creativity and you know new ideas and innovation uh, rather than being in a system like in a system-like type of environment where everything is calculated and, you know, that's not where creativity thrives. Um, so I think uh, you know, Steven has been that person that has, you know, just has nurtured me to be, you know, a, a, a 
a better professional, just a better creative. And yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's my relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Where do you get your inspiration from? Um, You've had a very interesting road to where you are today and you're working for one of the most innovative brands that's currently out there that constantly keeps changing um, the industry. But where do you get your drive and your inspiration from? Or what inspires you? Yeah, uh, what inspires me is, is just a desi- the desire to be responsible with, with what I have now and just in general where I am in life and in my career. I have to be responsible and I have to be, you know, I have to take care of what I have now. And and what I by me saying that I mean that I have to be I have to be the best I can be with what I have right now. Not not in the not with the mindset of like oh well if I had this I could do this or if I had this I could be better. But just right now, how can I be the best right now with what I have and with what I know? Um, so that's 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 part of how I operate. Uh, just me being that person that the team and the people that is around me needs me to be. Uh, but also at the same time, uh, me thinking in in the back of my mind uh, about carving my own path eventually, or or maybe it's not carving a path. It's just like maybe what what could I leave behind or like what could I differentiate myself in the industry so that I can someday or like in the near future uh, just have you know have my own I don't know my own world my ecosystem my my own thing yeah so we're let's talk a little about sneakers um because over the last few years this concept of a sneaker head has really exploded and there's all these websites and you know there's a lot of different sneaker drops and it's its own culture almost. Um, before you really came into this industry, were you a sneakerhead? Were sneakers your thing? Or did you start to kind of um, become one as you were helping design a lot of the big sneakers? Yeah, that's an interesting question because, so I saw shoes before differently because I saw them as choices for my outfit. So I didn't necessarily have to have, I didn't necessarily have to have like an icon of, of a sneaker. I just wanted a sneaker. And I think I was more driven by, back then I was driven more by color. So I tried to have an array of different colors as sneakers, but not necessarily a specific brand or not necessarily and a specific silhouette, like, oh, like a classic design, I have to have it. No, I didn't care. For me, it was like, it's under 30 bucks. Okay, I'll get it. So I had a lot of sneakers from, you know, from like, I mean, from the sales section, but because I just wanted choices. And, you know, because I was in college, I wanted cheap choices. Yeah, you uh, couldn't drop, you know, the 
250 or whatever. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, that was, that was, I mean, I didn't even know you. I, I, I wasn't even aware of that. So it's not like, oh, I thought about it and I couldn't do it. No, it just didn't even cross my, it didn't even cross my mind. So for me, for me, my default was, you know, go to Ross, go to TJ Maxx and find a cool sneaker if, if there was any and, and, you know, get that for like, you know, 30 bucks and I'll have choices. Yes. I'll have choices. Um, I think, I think they, the only, the only time that I pay like $180 for a pair of shoes, um, it was the Ultra Adidas Ultra Boost, the original that came out. That's, that's, I think that was the, I want to say the beginning of, of me looking at shoes differently, where I was like, because it was a really cool design, like very pure design. So I was like, oh, like, you know, I really like these. And okay, here, I have to pay 180. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's, it's been about choices. And and even, even right now, um, I mean, right now I have, I mean, yes, of course I have the, the, the classics, the originals, designs and everything. But I still see them as choices, and if I had to let them go, I like you know I no 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 material attachment. So if I had to let them go, by all means, they can go. Uh, yeah. So sometimes when I'm working out, I'll see people working out in a shoe that just really isn't meant for that. It's really more of a street kind of sneaker or um, a style sneaker. But you see a lot of people starting to work out in shoes that. They want to show off that they have, but maybe it might not be the best shoe for running. For you, as someone who's designing, do you think about more um, style and the look of the shoe or the functionality and um, performance, like at an athletic level? Right. I would say, I would say style, style and look, because it is hard. It is hard for I mean, it is hard for me to tell people what to do and like, or like how to, where to wear your shoes, when to wear your shoes, how to wear your shoes. That's impossible for me to control. So I think I just focus on the things that I can control, which is, you know, style, design, comfort. Uh, I mean, if, if I'm doing it for performance reasons, yes, of course, the shoe has to perform. But at the end of the day, I just focus on making a great product, how the customer or the consumer wears it, it's up to them. So I got to ask, which are your top three shoes for you? Just in like general, no specific brand. Um, Let's do general and then, yeah. we'll, then we'll do Yeezys. Okay. Uh, general, I mean, general, I've really, I really, I had a pair of nine nine New Balance nine nine sevens, and it was my first pair. They were really good. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed having the nine nine sevens. So that's one. Uh, another pair that I wear a lot. Oh, uh, 
Nike the the Nike Spectrum the uh, what are they called Spectrum the 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 Supreme collab with Nike. Um, those are pretty good. Those are very like lightweight. I wear them a lot. And oh, and then the Reebok DMX. Uh, Reebok DMX. The yeah, I've worn those a lot. Uh, so yeah, those are like I mean, as of now, like those are the three shoes I wear the most. Not necessarily maybe my top choices, but I think that's a good that's a good way. Like if I'm wearing them a lot, it's for a reason. Yeah. So we can call them my three, three to top three top choices. And then how about for Yeezys? Which are your favorite designs? Uh, definitely Wave Runners. That's one. And I would say Wave Runner, Season Four Combat Boot, and third one I think would be either Foam Runner, either Foam Runner or Four Fifty, either one of those two. Yeah. Great. And for our listeners who don't know what those shoes look like, check out our Instagram. I'll take pictures of them and post them so that you understand. Because really. Uh, I think sneakers in general has become such an art and they're just so beautiful just looking at them. So for our listeners, you know, you, he said foam runner, you might not know what that is, but check out our Instagram and I will put up all the shoes and a post so you can see what they look like because they really are just gorgeous shoes. Um, where do you think the sneaker industry is going to go? Where do you see it going in the next few years? I think definitely more collaborations uh, so sneakers can remain relevant. There has to be a, a synergy with other, just with other entities so that the footwear industry can, can gain, like have new energy to feed from. Um, so I think more collaborations. I think we're going to be exploring. I hope the industry explores with like, just brands, brands outside fashion and like outside their, just as outside their realm and to truly take a cues and elements from the brands they're collaborating with and to truly like create something worth creating. And by that, I mean like just not a colorway or a, or a switch of materials, but just truly uh, working on the shape of something that, that is different and that it lives, you know, it lives a memorable experience that you can look back and say, oh, I remember, you know, when this shoe came out, like it made me feel this way. So I think there has to be more more collaborations, more more experiences rather than products. It has to be an experience. Do you think brands have the responsibility of being more environmentally friendly and more environmentally conscious moving forward? Is there a way that we should maybe start looking at reusing different materials or being a little bit more conscious of um, their environmental footprint? I think it's a two-way street, this topic, because it also, I mean, yes, the companies have the responsibility to 
you know, provide a cycle for the products, like a way to how to end the cycle of a product and then will it, you know, will you reduce those materials into something else that's, you know, that's part of the company's person, a responsibility. But it, there is also responsibility on the consumer side. We, we over consume, we, we live in this buy, 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 and then throw away, throw away, throw away type of a cycle. So we have to educate consumers to consume, how to consume and how to make informed decisions in terms of, you know, do I need another pair of sneakers? Um, because there is no point of like, let's say, yes, making a sustainable shoe, but if you are, but if the shoes are made in China and you're producing a million shoes and then you have to ship those shoes here, and you know distribute the shoes and all of that so there is going to be like uh the efforts of of being sustainable will you know will will be pointless because you know you're still gonna throw out the shoe after you know you don't like it no more or like you're gonna sell it and then 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 what like you don't know what's gonna happen to the shoe so yeah there is a responsibility on both sides from the consumer, you know, educating the consumer how to consume, but then also from companies how to end the cycle, the life the life cycle of a shoe, how to end it. Yeah. For our listeners who might be interested in breaking into the business, what advice would you have for them um, if they want to get into fashion or, you know, especially the shoe industry? What would you tell them? I would tell them to master, well, to study the process of making shoes uh, and master every step, or at least knowing know in depth every step of the process that go into shoes. And because this is gonna help you have conversations when, when you, you and you're in the industry, this is gonna help you have those conversations with different people in different positions and this is gonna help you navigate uh, challenges, challenging situations where you have to, you know, make a point or, or you know, you're trying to sell this design or, or trying to prove that this design is better. So you have to master every, every step of the process. So you have to be good at design, you have to be good at pattern making, you have to be good at a, you have to be good at drawing you have to be good at visually explaining articulating ideas um, and it all comes you know mostly it all comes down to like communication skills and presentation skills because you could have you could have the right idea the right design but if you execute it not in the best way and if you don't present it in the best way then it's not going to be perceived in the best way um, so yeah you you have to be a well-rounded professional and not only as professional as like a person but also have the expertise and technical knowledge of of how shoes are made and 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where do you see yourself going next? What's next for you? I think next for me, I want to be involved in, you know, in education. I have be this, be this person that I wish I had when I was in college. So like, you know, be that voice of, of, I mean, experience, uh, and then some, you know, just provide, a, provide, um, how can I say, like knowledge to people who might not know, or like to might not know if they're ready for, for this, for pursuing a career in, in sneakers. So I want, I want to provide information necessary for them to evaluate, do I have what it takes to be, you know, to be successful. Like, yes, technically all people have what it takes to be in the industry, but are you willing to make those, to take those steps? And I'm gonna share those steps with you, but then the only, the only thing that separates us is, you know, me being, me, we, me being willing to do it and, you know, you maybe not sharing the same enthusiasm as I do. So yeah, that's what, uh, I would, yeah, that's what I want to do. I just want to share more of what I know and in, in, in a lot of platforms. So like through mentorships and yeah, just being involved with, with education. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's one of my goals. So listeners, um, if you are interested at all in seeing more about what Caesar does, please follow him on Instagram. His Instagram is C-I-D-R-O-B-O. We'll tag him as well, but um, you can kind of see his day-to-day, what he's been up to. There's a lot of beautiful sneakers on that page that you can see. Um, And I think it also gives you a little bit of a glimpse of where you do get inspiration from as well because you do some beautiful photography. So thank you. Um, Caesar. it's been a pleasure. We always end with the same three questions. So the first one is, if you had a quote or a mantra that you live by, what would that be? Uh, that's a tough one. Can I say two? Absolutely. So there is one that is, I forgot who said it, but it's, you don't have to be. You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And then the other one, who I know, who is from, is from Naoto Fukasawa. Uh, he said that to create, to create great, to create great design or like great things, you must first experience great things, like great, yeah. To create, I think it was to create great experiences, you must first have to experience great. And I think he was referring to like beautiful designs. So to create great designs, you must first experience what a beautiful design is. Uh, and yeah, so that's, those are my two. And then the second question is, if you could relive any one day, what day would that be? I think if I could relive any day, it would be, oh, that's tough. Um, I think the day of, if I could relive the day, I think the day that I got 
Mm. I mean, I want to say the date that I got the job at Adidas GC. Because I knew, even though that was a dead end, I knew there was something there in my career and life, which, you know, I had no idea about. You know, I had no idea that that job would have led me to where I am now. Like, I didn't know that setback was going to be actually a setup for me being here. So I think it was a, it was a turning point in my life. And I'm like, yeah, like, even though there are some like uh, negative memories attached to it, I think it's positive overall, you know, just because it has uh, built my character. So yeah, that's, that's a moment in life I would like to experience again. I like how you phrase it. It was a setback that was a setup. And I think that sometimes in life we do have those setbacks, but they're happening for a reason that will be better in the end. It kind of reminds me of that narrow, like an arrow. You're getting pulled back, but the further you get pulled back, the further the arrow goes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it as well. Yeah. Um, the final question is, if you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? You know, I was thinking about that question a lot when we talked before. Um, and there was one song that only came to mind, which, you know, because I thought I was going to go through different songs. And like, what could it be? No, it was like one song came to mind. Like, this is it. Um, my favorite game by the Cardigans. All right. Well, thank you. I'm going to add that song to the For Your Listening Pleasure uh, theme song playlist on Spotify so that guests can hear your theme song as well as everyone else's. Um, so, Caesar, thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed this conversation. As someone who is a sneakerhead and a fan of Yeezy, it was such an honor to speak with you. So, thank you so much. No, thank you for the opportunity and and you know, I'm glad. I'm glad uh, we 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 got to do this. Too.